Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Day Wave episode where we will be talking about Day Wave's latest album, Past Life. It's all one word, not two words. I uh, Every time I say this, I'm trying to figure out if I need to say it faster than I normally would, like Past <laughs> Life. Um, or if I can just say you Past can. Life. I don't know. I did. I feel like I did the first time. I'm going to have to go back and listen. But I feel like I said it a little faster than I normally would because it's one word for this. So, um, hopefully, you've listened to this album. We always suggest, or I always suggest at least, uh, check out the album before the podcast. It doesn't matter. It's not like this is like spoiler alert territory. We're not talking about, um, I don't know, the latest Marvel project that you were wanting to see but we're going to tell you that like iron man came back or something like no real big spoilers but we are going to tell you our thoughts on the album so if you don't want to know what two guys one guy from boston and one guy from near philly like if you don't want to know our thoughts on it then i don't know why you're listening to the podcast anyway um but we will be talking about it so if you want a little bit more context check out the album listen to it come back to the podcast and then you can hear two guys from northeast uh cities that hate each other and every other city around it um and just have a general intolerance for other people uh that's who we are that's what this podcast was built on. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awful. Um, it is It is awful. It's funny because it's almost the opposite of that. It's literally the podcast was built. Two friends from who live far away and want to stay connected. And the way that they've always connected the most is through music. So they made a podcast so they through could keep connecting. hateful and intolerant music. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Such as day wave. Such as day wave. <laughs> I was like, you can't find something less hateful and tolerant. Uh, maybe so pure. I don't know. It's like if Mister Rogers made music, that's day wave. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least but, aesthetically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. For sure. But yeah, um, let's talk about this album. So, um, I kind of feel somewhat similar to past episodes. I. I will say you probably introduced me to Daywave, but you introduced me to Daywave way before now. So yeah. this is not an introduction to Daywave for me that I usually ask Nate, like, how'd you find out about Daywave? We haven't actually talked about that, I guess, too much. So if you wanted to, you could say that. But instead of focusing more on how'd you find them, what made you tell them me about them, because that's probably years old now, um, let's do what we like to do let's talk about the build-up to this album so what were your thoughts did you listen to any of the singles um i personally didn't so i have no real build-up to this album it was just like hey daywave put out a new album let me save that um that was about the extent of my uh finding this album specifically but yeah do you have any real build-up for this album for yourself any any context that's helpful uh yeah i'll just start talking randomly and hopefully it will have some sense of coherence i don't <laughs> think i'll answer your question well but i'm just gonna do it uh 
So I will sh- share not how I first discovered Daywave. I don't remember, but yeah. I first got into Daywave with their hard to read EP, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that is saying something, Andrew. And why because is that saying EP? something? Yes. Why? Why? Why does that matter to something like <laughs> like me? Or why is I mean, that a unique statement? Because you're not a fan of EPs. Yeah, I I I'm not an EP guy. Yeah. And yet, somehow, I fell in love with Daywave's Hard to Read EP. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how. I I honestly often don't even listen to EPs because mm-hmm. I'm like, not. I don't want to say I'm against EPs, but they're yeah. such a tease for me. Yeah. That I'm just like. Why fall in love and just be pissed that it's not a full-length album? Yep. And I understand the counter-argument, well, you're missing out on some great songs. You yep. are totally right. Yep. But because I'm such an album listener, it almost doesn't really even matter yep. to me that I'm missing out on the songs because I don't really listen to songs that much. Can I give a weird example? Yeah, sure. And I'm not going to actually spoil where this is coming from more recently, but just in general, it's the person who's afraid to say I love you because they're afraid at some point they're going to break up and that breakup's going to hurt more because they like were even more invested. I feel like mm-hmm. it's almost the same thing. Like you're almost afraid to get invested in an EP because if you love the EP, you're just going to want more and it's almost going to feel worse than just not listening to it. Yeah, um, knowing I could never have more yeah is hard. Yeah. In that moment. What could have been and um, and what one might be. say better to have loved than lost than never <laughs> loved at all. And to that we would say we still don't love EPs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean obviously there's the exception, these exceptions not just Daywave, but I mean more like I think we both understand like thematic EPs a little bit more. So like looking mm-hmm. at Devil Wears Prada as like the most obvious example for us, where it's like yep. if a band is gonna be like hey. We don't want to dedicate a whole album to this idea, but we still want to give it a lot of thought, a lot of value. I totally get that. I think for me, too, another reason why I often don't like EPs are for some artists, it's like, oh, here's the B-sides that didn't make the last record. Let's just give you them and act like it's a thing that we put all this like thought into when really they're just the worst of the bunch and again i am being so pessimistic and cynical here i get it um but that can be kind of my thought sometimes when i do understand eps can be a very smart and valuable Mm -hmm. move for artists i don't want to diminish that reality but anyways it's crazy that i fell in love with this ep because i don't listen to eps and so only a year later i believe uh daywave released his first record, The Days We Had. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was slightly underwhelming mm-hmm. because all the songs sounded very similar. He's so simple a lot of the times with, like, mm-hmm. specifically, like, the drums and, like, a lot of stuff that... It's hard to pick up the uh, differences and the nuances mm-hmm. between different songs on that on those first few listens. I kind of honestly for this record I had to just like listen and let it kind of like wash over me. That's the way mm-hmm. I describe certain albums like I'm not really picking out anything. I can't like say, "Oh, 
I liked that song. And I, when I listen again, I know exactly where this song's going. I don't remember anything. It's just like kind of a wash over me and I'm like bathing in it. And then all of a sudden one day or not one day, but one listen, it will Mm -hmm. click. And I'm like, Oh, I know exactly where these songs are going. I know exactly, um, how they all work together. Mm -hmm. And that happened to me with Daywave's debut, the days we had. And I really, really grew to love that album. It's in my top 10 of 2017, which was a really good year of music. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this album, to be honest, I was expecting to love it right away because I love Daywave so much after that debut record. But just to share what happened, it was the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. I listened, I'm like... I don't know. It's kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of songs that sound similar. Mm-hmm. And then after listening for like the seventh or eighth time, I was like, this album's incredible. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. It's so catchy. It's so beautiful. It's so bright. And yeah, I just absolutely love this album. Yeah. I, I love, and I'm not saying I love them all the same, but I love every song. Yeah. Um, it sucks that it's such a quick record, but yeah. it's also awesome that it's such a quick record. Yeah. Uh, it, that has obviously its pros and cons, but yeah, I just yeah. love this album, and we'll talk yeah. more about that. But Andrew, what? Because you didn't listen to any single, yeah, and I, yeah. I like I like the singles, but I didn't know how yeah. it was going to go with the record. Yeah. Um, a- Andrew, with you, who didn't listen to any singles, yeah. honestly, even though you knew Daywave. You probably wouldn't call yourself a Daywave fan before this no. record, if I'm correct. And I don't no. know if you call yourself a Daywave fan now, but what? Where, no, I where hate are you kind of at? I yep. Hate them. It's uh, I, I there's a part of me that even though we like we are trying to champion artists here, we are trying to champion artists who should be bigger than they are. There's still a part of me that just wants to like find an <laughs> album that I freaking hate and just yep. like diss it the whole time. But that's not this yeah. album. That might be later. Um. So yeah, you said yes. we might review Maggie Rogers, right? <laughs> that might be you. Uh, I'm a I'm a Maggie Rogers fan. Um, now who knows who knows new album? You might hate we'll the new see. album. I'll, I, and might, I might love it, and that would be interesting. That'd I be could interesting, love it, but it could happen. Um, but coming back to Daywave, I have listened to Daywave. I feel like a surprisingly like more than I usually do. For bands that I don't really follow, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, wait, I, I need to catch what you said. You listen to band? Oh, I see. So like, even though you don't follow them, you've listened yeah. to them a decent amount yeah. overall. Compared like, to I actually God. knew probably more out of context, just in shuffle. Like, they're actually a band that I put in just this indie indie playlist that I'll randomly yeah. shuffle, and so. I probably know most of Daywave's old stuff, but not in, like, context of album. Like, it's actually interesting. And even by, like, song title, I'm, like, really bad with them, which Nate yeah. realized not that long ago. I'm just bad at song titles in general. <laughs> um, That's all right. But I couldn't tell you if I've actually listened to the days we had straight through. I'm pretty sure yeah. I haven't. Like, yeah. Um, now, I'll say... The day wave that gets shuffled that's in that is the days we had and the crush EP came out two okay. years ago. So um, arguably one of my you probably <laughs> I was just gonna say arguably one of my day, favorite day wave songs is on 
Oh, shoot. No, not the Crush EP. Actually, I... This is some helpful context. I'm so sorry I'm interrupting you. I did not like the Crush EP. So... I completely forgot about it. I don't know if I like the Crush EP (laughs) because I haven't listened to it like just those four songs. Yeah. So, it's funny. Coming into it, I would have been like, oh, I like Crush because I, like, mentally, I feel like those are the four songs that I know the best. But it's probably not. It's whatever shuffled at that time. So... It could very easily be the day wave that I know is actually fully the days we had, and I barely know Crush. I could actually love Crush. Like, I can't actually dialogue about it because I don't know which day wave I like. So, yeah. all this being said, I feel like I know them well enough, but haven't done dedicated listening time to, like, let me just listen to day wave um, until this album. And, and it was nice. They, like, popped up on my, like, hey, you've saved their stuff you should save this album um and then i had saved it hadn't again done that i probably would have leaned towards just like hey this is gonna go in my indie playlist and if some songs start hitting i might listen to it itself um but nate texts me like hey we should do past life and i was like sounds good it's kind of that excuse to like do day wave uh, which I might have even texted back. Like, yeah, it sounds good. Like, I kind of wanted to do Day Wave. And, like, yeah. there's there's this part of me that's like, I enjoy them. Sure. Makes sense. It was easy. Nate usually pulls out artists that I don't know, and it's a bigger uphill. Like, okay, I have to yeah. learn context. I have to understand uh, style. So that was just my background is, like, not expecting a ton, but not expecting a little. Like, I don't know, somewhere in that middle. Like, I think yeah, it'll be solid. that makes sense. Um, but I love this album. I feel like the problem is this year's really good. Because I want to just say, like, it's top ten of the year um, for me as well. The problem is I probably already said that for 15 albums. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's going to inevitably be at least five more strong albums the rest of the year, if not way more. So Yeah, um, it's hard in July to make these predictions. Yes, yes. So... That being said, this, in my opinion, strongest Daywave album for sure. <laughs> but again, I'm listening to it in context. So, like, I just don't know that I can compare it to their old stuff with any sort of validity. But I will say, this is my favorite Daywave, like, that I've heard. I don't yeah. know. Like, I really love it. Um, there's a few things I want to talk about on the album, but do you have another. Thing I've been talking for a bit. Something you want to oh, talk no, yeah. about? I'll, I'll just quickly it? interject on the top ten so I don't forget. Yeah. I would say, and it's really tough. I got to, like, quickly bring up. I, I'm, like, super hyper annoying with my top ten in terms of, like, play, like lists and stuff I keep. Like, I, Nate does I'm, so much better than I do. Guys, he tracks top ten all all year he's like actually working on his top 10 i every year i say this at the end of the year i was like i need to do what you do and every year i mean we're in july guess who's not tracking his top 10 and has no real clue and then we're gonna get to december and we're gonna be talking about okay end of the year episodes let's make your top 10 and i have to scroll through my freaking itunes for all of 2022 now and figure out a list of like 50 that i narrow down to 10 so I for every 
Every year since 2016, I have a top 30. Mm. So I have like, so like I'm constantly like, not just my top 10, but I, I usually keep around 30. And the more music I listen to, the easier it is to make these lists. I'll probably eventually, hopefully grow to like top 40. But I mean, obviously you can make top whatever, but 30 records where I'm like, yeah, I like really like these. But anyways, going back to the top 10, looking at my list right now, and again, this is just where I'm at right now. This is my favorite album of the year. Yeah. And it's not, it's weird. Like we were talking about, um, this on our soccer mommy episode about like objectivity and subjectivity and like there's not really like this objective like oh this album is this good mm-hmm. i mean because stylistically i think that it's, it's like very easy to 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 dismiss albums like daywave because mm-hmm. it's like oh it's just like indie pop it's just like oh it's just like mm-hmm. so simple it's so like you have like really tight drums, just like catchy like production and synth work and some guitar stuff, and then like mm-hmm. cute vocals or whatever. Like, I just think he's able to just not miss on this record. Where there's mm-hmm. yes, there's catchy songs. Actually, I'd probably say every song's catchy, but they're catchy in different ways. That's what's so mm. awesome about this Daywave record. You have, like, Before We Knew, which is, like, so heavy. Even though it's not heavy at all, it's so heavy and with its cadences and, like, yep. the, the way it hits. And then you'll have, like, Apartment Complex, which is, like, so, um, like... moving back and forth like make you want to bop and then you'll have like blue or heart to rest which are a bit more like solemn but still catchy past life hits so hard see you when the end is near so fun like i'm not i I mean i could probably describe every track but yeah it's just like every song is like a really enjoyable experience and because the record's so fast I earn so quick. I think I'm able to listen to it a little bit more frequently and not be sick of it. Where some records, even though they're really good, I think they take so much work on your end to yeah. really listen or to really analyze or whatever. This record, it, it makes the listening easy for you. Yes, yeah. there's a lot of details. Yes, there's a lot of like cool production stuff. But... I think no matter where you are in your listening journey, it's not a hard record to listen to unless you hate yeah. it, which it would probably would be hard. But but yeah, sorry for rambling, but I just really no, love you this album. Ramble. You're good. I don't. So this album is actually one that, in my opinion, is hard to hate. Yeah. Like unless you're just like, I see. I can't imagine someone hating this album because I feel like anyone who would hate this album wouldn't even stumble on this album. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I feel like if you listen to indie music and you stumble on this album, at the very least, you'll be like, yeah, it's good. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, even if it. it's not your thing, 
there's nothing on this album that's terribly divisive or like it's not so out there that you're like oh i hate this thing that they like every part is so well created and crafted and put together so like you can hear the quality of everything but it's not i don't want to say it's not groundbreaking but it probably isn't like no that and that's kind of what i was i wasn't I didn't have the words to say that, but that's kind of what I was trying to say with the objectivity subjectivity thing. Yeah. I'm like, you know, when you listen to a record and you might not even love it, but you're like, I can tell like objectively, even though there isn't really this objective, that this is objectively great. I just don't love it. Yeah. With this album, like, I don't know how like objectively good it is. Again, even though that doesn't exist. Like if you if you took like how hard it is to make this record or how sure artistically like groundbreaking it is, like you're saying, I don't know. All I know is that I love it. And yeah. so it's like I don't really care. Yeah. I just love it. So this almost segues into something that I very recently found out about this album. So I've listened to this album probably 10 times uh, by now. The most recent I listened to was on my way back from work. Luckily, it's a 30-minute drive, so guess who listened to this album start to end? And it ended as he was pulling in his driveway? This guy. Um, That being said, listening on my car speakers instead of my headphones, I already mentioned a Nate pre-podcast here, it did wonders for some of the stuff I was able to pull out. So, um, I would like to mention how simple this album is. So, most artists average four chords per song that they go between. That's That's the most standard, four chords in a song. You have some artists that get a little bit weirder, and with every number above four it gets weirder and weirder and weirder it also gets weirder going under four having less than four i would say having three or two chords in a song are weirder than having five or six like it's really like once you hit seven that's weirder than two or three i don't know if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah a little math here but that's just kind of chords. I'm trying to make this as simple as possible to explain. I'm pretty stupid, and I think I know what you're saying. Good. Good. Right. And I disagree about the stupid, but I also agree because, you know, <laughs> banter. Um, <laughs> that being said, I have not done the math on this, but I would say most songs that they have have three to four chords. So they're underneath that. But there is a song such as track one, See You When The End's Near, that has two chords that literally play back and forth the whole song. Yep. Now, I have listened to this album, by, by the time I noticed this, I've listened probably nine times. Did I notice that, like, it was kind of... In the same vibe? Yeah. Did I notice that it's not, like, groundbreaking and weird? Yeah. Did I think for a minute it was only two chords going back and forth the whole time? 
No. And if you listen and you think there's a third, I will say, it's two chords. The one time they go to the low octave, the one time they go to the high octave, same chord. So it is two chords in the exact same order. Um, my ears, I feel good enough to tell you that I picked that up and, and stuff. I can't tell you what chords they are. I don't have perfect pitch. But they do two chords in the song, and they don't change it up, like except for the low octave and high octave. Is that one of my favorite tracks on the album? Yes, it is. <laughs> I think that, and I'm going to make kind of a weird example of this album, comparing it to another album that we've already talked through. This album weirdly resembles a Beacon School, a decent Yeah, bit. oh, definitely. Well, compared and to stuff we've done, it's by far the most similar. Yes. Easy. But part of that comes from... A Beacon School, both from how he writes his stuff, and please listen to that podcast because we were able to interview him. I think I know some people who've listened to podcasts. It's still their favorite uh, episode that we've done, and that was like one of our first, so maybe we need to get better at what we do. But check (laughs) out that episode. All this being said, he writes songs very much. It's like he'll find some groove or something. He writes it, and then he just layers on top of it. And he just keeps recording and recording new layers. And so at the core of a Beacon School song, most songs, not all songs, it's actually very simplistic because he's not – he kind of creates that ground level, and he builds off of that. And that is basically this album. It's a very simple chord structure um, underneath some really complex, unique things that change up dynamics, change up um, even just how the chords sound, whether it's going low octave, high octave, or he's playing some sort of electric lead over top the chord that just makes it sound so different and fresh. Um, And so... I never get bored with this album. It's really nice, probably, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, that it's only 30 minutes. Obviously, if he pushed that too, too much, it could feel too repetitive. But the album never feels repetitive, to me at least. And it's just so simple, but it's layered so well that on first listen, second listen, at least for me, through nine listens, I never grasped how simple this record was i wasn't listening to kind of the underlying chords i was listening to melodies um both vocally and on the guitar i was listening um to different instruments and how they're changing up dynamics but at the core it's very simple so um those are probably some of my personally my biggest takeaways is the simplicity of it but how well it's layered the other thing i'll mention there are times that uh, it's just for some reason what it reminds me of this sounds like if brand new was happy (laughs) because there's some definite like brand new guitar vibes that i get from this album um more probably in just the power cording um underlying guitars sometimes in the vocals um but it's way too happy for a brand new record so um but yeah um and i love brand new as a band I, I still hesitate saying that now because of all the other stuff that comes but music's really good um, <laughs> so um but yeah uh nate do you have any thoughts based on what i was saying or yeah do you want to add some of your own thoughts that's different no i just want to 
really just like repeat verbatim exactly what you just said. <laughs> I actually had a text-to-speech app on my computer that wrote down Recorded. word for word Perfect. Uh, what you said. So I'm just going to reread that yeah. back. Um, yeah, so... Sorry. Um, <laughs> so anyways, on a serious note, um, building off what you said or just like agreeing, I think Daywave... So Daywave is this dude named Jackson Phillips... Mm-hmm. And it's all him. I'm sure he gets some help here and there. I know he had some help producing it as well. Mm-hmm. But he is, Jackson is a producer himself. Oh. And so, for instance, a really great artist to listen to that Jackson's produced is, uh, his name's Pete Yorn. And his last two records, one's called Hawaii. His newest record's called Hawaii. I forget what the record before that is called. I really, really, really like both of these records. Um, But you can hear that day wave sound within both of these records. The other one's called Caretakers. Um, And I, I really like both records. But... Andrew, I think his production skills are exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's the ability, and I mean, that's the same with a beacon school, yeah. where it's like, it's not simply the artistry, it's the how do I make a song using all these little pieces? Yep. And how do I layer or line things up to where I can make something really simple seem a lot more complex and dynamic than it actually is. And what ends up happening is, like you said, simplicity. I think that's one reason why I love Daywave so much. I crave the simplicity of it. Like, I think it it will probably take other artists a lot more complexity to create the same amount of, uh, like, like... not simply aesthetic, but the same type of product or like value as Daywave could create. And it's, it's harder to do it on that simpler level. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think him as a producer is one Mm -hmm. way that I think what you talked about, the layering all works together. Um, just building off what you said, um, with, um, I, honestly, I just had a, a brain fart moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a different direction. I'm not gonna yeah. build off what you said. Um, I think one one thing that's um, really strong in Daywave's music are the vocal cadences. Um, yeah. We we talk about cadences from time to time, and. Depending on the artist or the band, the cadence is gonna serve a different role. Like the one, the one talk about cadence I really remember from the podcast. I know we always like, it's it's a bad habit of ours. We like constant, or maybe it's a good habit. We constantly mm-hmm. reference past podcasts. Um, but when we talked about Tyson, uh, Tyson Motzenbacher, who's releasing a new album in September, we're wicked yeah. stoked about. Love the first single. But you reference his cadences. I think mm-hmm. artists that really care about cadences end up uh, really producing some really cool stuff. The way mm-hmm. I think Tyson, his is more storytelling cadence mm-hmm. work, I would say, where Daywave and Jackson, his, his cadences 
are that extra production element. Yeah. For me. His yep. cadence, it's less about, oh, like, how do I have the music and how do I have the voice? It's, all right, how is my voice simply another instrument? Yeah. Like, and it sounds like you're undervaluing the vocals by doing yep. that. I think for him and his style of music, he's really utilizing his vocals in the best way possible yep. by just treating it simply like it's another instrument. Yep. Um, and his cadences, the way he works, it adds that extra la- layer of complexity to yep. the simplicity of the music. Yep. So he usually is working either like fully on or add to be that extra layer or just like a little bit off to be that just a little bit unique uh, sound yes. and to contrast the, the music. Yeah. Do you have... And I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you have a favorite cadence or oh, that's a great some of your favorites? Because I have one that always stands out to me that I love. Yeah, I mean, I think the first the first one that comes to mind is before we knew, which I mentioned earlier, because of how like he he comes in so heavy and hard vocally, yeah. even though he he's not like singing louder or screaming or whatever instead of being like do 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 he'll be he'll on on before we knew he'll be like do 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 it's almost like punkier like do do like he could go yeah he could you could turn that into a punk song yeah but he does that vocally to like create that extra intensity which is so cool but yeah i i think he does it all, on all other parts of the record, so I'm really interested to hear what you notice the most with that, or what it's song. Interesting. You mentioned uh, punk. It there's a few parts on the album that it is not punk, but like I, I think vocals especially kind of get in this groove that you're like, like I would say especially in "See You When the End's Near," and part oh, yeah. of that is Kenny Hoopla, but like yeah, it there's like a punk feel to it um, a lot more. So the one of my favorite cadences, and I'll just say one of my favorites because I don't want to commit to it being my favorite, is in uh, "We Used to Be Young." Yeah, um, it's that chorus that like do 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 yeah. like that. Like, and then he drops off. Yeah, like it's so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just the timing of it specifically is like because he kind of does this like really smooth start. And then just like spits out the rest. I don't know. It's, it's yes. such a cool like rhythmic. Yes. I don't know. It, it actually reminds me of a drum. Like it 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 very much is used very rhythmically. Yeah. Um, so. Um, you know what's yeah. funny? When you ask me what's one of my favorite cadences, mm-hmm. I or I brought up on my computer when we used mm-hmm. to be young. Because it is one of my favorite cadences, but I didn't feel confident enough in my explanation (laughs) to just, like, go for it. So I was like, oh, I'll just go back to what's comfortable and share before we knew. Um, But, yeah, I am totally on board with you with that. And it it's just so sick. I mean, this is where I'm just, like just like, raving and not really adding anything. It's just so sick, that song. And I actually think it's probably... 
that song in general probably one of my favorite vocals from him he he slips in and out of falsetto really yeah. smoothly on this album in general um probably my favorite vocal from him is past life um, yeah i know it's early but like i don't know there's just i don't know there's too much that he does on that song vocally to not have that probably be a standout um I will well, also mention if we're mentioning vocals and sorry I just wanted no, to good. mention the um um the guest vocals cuz I feel yes. like both of them it's interesting it's first and last song which you never see I've like, ne- I don't know if I've ever seen that I'm not even sure if I've really ever seen one of those two <laughs> let alone <laughs> two both like, on the same record and those yeah, are the I'm, only features Yeah like how often do you see someone featured on first or last song that that's got to be rare in and of itself yeah. to be featured on one of those tracks, but to have those be both features and no other features—that yeah. has to be the only time I've seen it. And you know what's funny? I absolutely love it. Yeah, like it works so yep. well. Yep. This is where, um, when I started to try to analyze this album more, not just like listen to it, I was like looking at that and I was like okay they should have uh, see you when the end is near they should have that later like that's just like I felt like you just shouldn't start with a guest vocal Yeah. but the more I thought about it the more I was like well, what would you do that and like Past Life would be a good first song I'm not saying you don't yeah. have other tracks that could fill that spot but like I love how that track starts this album so like I actually don't think there's a better choice like I would literally only be changing that up to avoid having a guest vocal in the first track and that's not good enough reason to ruin a like this album is track listed very well oh yeah so solid I don't have any like any nitpicks I was trying to be nitpicky and I couldn't (laughs) no me neither and I think Real quick, before I forget, just to mm-hmm. tap into some things you said. I think Past Life, because you mentioned that song, is a great mm-hmm. example of him doing something so simple, again, well. That chorus where he just goes, and I'm missing you, and I'm missing yep. you, and I'm missing yep. you. Yep. It's so good, but it's like, what's, like, it's just so simple. Like, yep. I, I don't know why... I love mm-hmm. it so much. Yep. If I wonder if like if a different artist did that same thing and was on yep. the radio, would I be like, "Oh, this is trash"? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like I can't figure out what uh, makes it good, but I just love it. I remember, and again, going back to a Beacon School, I remember looking up his lyrics, which I will say, a Beacon School's lyrics are way harder to understand than Dave. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, like they just write very different, but. Um, up to that point, A Beacon Schools was some of the most simplistic lyrics I'd seen from, like, he does not overcomplicate lyrics. He repeats a lot of lyrics. Yeah. Similar to that, like, that chorus in Past Life would 100% be something that A Beacon School would do, too. Yeah. And I remember thinking it was just, like, I mean, because I didn't really understand until we interviewed him what some of the lyrics were about, and even... During the interview, sometimes it was very much like, oh, yeah, I, it's just, like, the vibe I was going for. Like, it's not actually, yeah. like, 
that deep. Like, don't read too deeply into this. It just fit the vibe. And those were the first lyrics or second lyrics I thought about, put them down, and they work. Um, I feel like there's something about simplicity that we can all learn from, which is just like, you don't have to overcomplicate everything. Everyone is not naturally the most poetic and, like, amazing lyricist. And so, I don't know, for aspiring musicians out there, like, know your place, know what fits your style, and just go with it. Like, if that means you're more simplistic lyrically, own it. Like, have great melodies and cadences, and no one will care. Like, well, and, I don't care. And the thing is, for me, like... Like you said, obviously it's like all a stylistic match, but like complexity does not equal like value. Like yep. it's not like the more complex something is, the more value it has. In mm-hmm. fact, and I'm nor the le- the least complicated is the more value it has. But the thing is, is like how can you communicate what you are trying to communicate yes. as an artist? And yeah. so. For Daywave, I think what he's trying to do, and obviously only he knows, but he really wants to, like, have songs that people relate to. Mm-hmm. And it, they sound songs that aren't relatable in the sense of, oh, I wrote these uninspired words that I know people would connect with. His songs feel very honest while relatable at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, and he's able to be, I, both musically and lyrically, he's able to be kind of cheeky and clever mm-hmm. within the simplicity. So, for instance, Apartment Complex, lyrically, the song is talking about a relationship in an apartment complex being an apartment complex, which I know is, like... It sounds like so whatever, but I love that like play on words where it's mm-hmm. like what we're what we thought was gonna be so simple mm-hmm. is now this like really complex situation. Yeah. And this like apartment complex of so many different rooms and people living there and people moving in and out and the chaos of everything, it's not as like simple and stable as like living in a home. And, like, yeah. there's more, like, complexity and more noise and more stuff to it. That's not this, like, crazy idea, but I've also never heard anybody do that before. Yeah. So he's able to be, like, authentic while still being clever and simple and all at the same time. So yes. he's he knows his lane and he, he, he does it well. Just continuing with the um, features, because connecting apartment complex, yeah. Hazel English. If, you, if y'all listen to Daywave, you probably listen to Hazel English. If you yeah. don't listen to Daywave, sorry, if you don't listen to Hazel English, but you listen to Daywave, you probably should listen to Hazel English. Yeah. She's they they do are they're on each other's stuff all the time. Interesting. And she stylistically has a very similar sound yeah. to uh, to Daywave, especially some of her more recent uh, stuff. But um, yeah, I think she fits the song perfectly, and I love how the features are so different. Yeah, like, very different. Like, couldn't... I mean, I guess they could be more different, but overall, couldn't be more different and still fit perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything we haven't touched? I feel like, to be honest, we outside of, like, 
maybe some extra stuff like album cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've mostly touched everything. Do you have anything yeah. else you want to add? Album cover's good. We... I like it. <laughs> it's my favorite of his album covers, actually, by far for me. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I wouldn't say I was, like, impressed by any of his album covers up to this point, but I really yeah. like it. What I love about an album cover like this is knowing Daywave. Now, I could be totally wrong. I feel like this specific location has some significance for his life. Mm. You just don't know what it is. Yep. And so even though it looks just like this pretty cool cover, which his songs are, these like pretty cool songs, there's this like deep story or deep Mm -hmm. moment from real life that's connected to it all. So I wonder if there's like this story with this place. Maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just a random location he thought looked cool to shoot in but I if I had to guess I think that location itself there's something to it yeah well let's jump into favorite song here and uh, say that real quick before we close so Nate what is your favorite song on past life yeah so it's funny that you were the one who really highlighted it mm-hmm. um I, I my my favorite song on this record changed a lot, and I think you can't go wrong. Yep. My favorite song will probably change. Uh, but right now, it's We Used to Be Young. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's That's just funny my sleeper that, pick. Yeah. I mean, it's a great pick. Sorry, I didn't want to stop. No. Anything you want to say about I feel like that we've song? Ta- I feel like we've talked yeah. about it a lot. It's just, yeah. I think, and for track eight, like... Yeah. Where some records start to slip for him to hit like that, I don't yeah. know. It just it makes it even sweeter. Yep. So, yeah. Track what about eight you? in a ten track album um, is probably where I would put my weakest song if I was track listing. Exactly. Just because I feel like at that point you still make up for it by the end, but it's late enough that no one thinks about it. Like you almost forget about it. But it's a great song, and you shouldn't forget about it. So no. if you listen to this album and forgotten about it don't um <laughs> remember that being said i actually i'm torn between the first two tracks mm. i really love see you in the ends near and past life um i'm gonna go with track one see you in the ends near i'm still probably riding on the high of learning that that song's only two chords um and just like so impressed by that i love uh kenny hoopla's um, guest vocals on it. I mean, he like when he features a guest vocal, it's it's featured like it's there. And especially oh, yeah. with this one, I love their back and forth. I love the melody. I love kind of the punk vibe. I I don't know. It it feels so good. It starts the album off so well. Um, it's not quite as fun as like Past Life. Past Life is probably one of the most fun songs. We used yeah. to be Young's up there too. I, I find both of those to be extremely fun. But yeah, yeah I'll stick with uh, "See You When the End's Near." I love I wanna, love that track. Before we close, I just want to quickly talk about that feature. I'm sorry I didn't when we talked about it. Just you talking about it made me <laughs> think, process it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I my favorite part of the feature is him and the bridge. And it's not because I don't like his verse. I think his verse is really cool, Kenny Hoopla. But mm-hmm. he, 
he shows a lot of like cool versatility by like the yelling in the bridge. I think it like mm-hmm. adds so much to the yes. song. It's not just he came and did his verse and then peace. He like came and did his verse and then like comes back in in a totally different way on the bridge, yes. which is so cool. Yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. It's the whole album. You're not wrong, and you you probably know this. You're not wrong for having it as your favorite album of the year. I mean, I feel like once again, I could probably be like, oh yeah, it's the best album of the year, but I probably said that about ten albums. So <laughs> I'm just too nice. We'll see. We'll and see so how it all shakes. We out. will see how it all shakes out. There's still, a but lot I will left say for you, there's a lot of time left, lot to be released. But if you're thinking this is your favorite, it's probably making your top ten. Oh, Unless yeah, I, the I could almost. Second book half it. of the year is like insane. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it will be insane, but I also, yeah, I think, I think you can put this in pen right now. But to be honest, cause there's so much music left to be released, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the only albums. It could potentially even be the only album I would put in pen that for you would me right pen. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right now, I can't even say anything's in pencil because I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Brain's too scattered. I like too many albums. There's too much coming out. So, uh, Let us know your thoughts on this album. We hope you enjoy this album as much as we both do. If you haven't listened to Daywave before, please check out Daywave. Like, really... Uh, I think you'll love it. Like, I mean, it's hard to not like in general. Um, so let us know your favorite track on this album. Let us know your favorite Daywave album, if this isn't it. And you can include EPs, uh, even though we'll fight with you about it. Um, uh, but you can reach out, talk to us about all things Daywave, all things, uh, music in general. We love talking about this stuff. So, uh, reach out to us on our socials, on Twitter, and Instagram at LDL pod. And you can also email us at long distance listening at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Just have a general intolerance for other people.